Attention parents and coaches. Do you wish you had a safe social media platform for your youth athletes? Fortunately for you, there's a revolutionary new app that helps with just that. Introducing Small Player Big Play. Small Player Big Play app provides young athletes, parents, and coaches a user-friendly sports social media platform. The app allows users to connect with friends, make new friends, create groups, text, chat, and post pictures and videos of you and your teammates participating in your favorite sport or activity. To begin, users can simply download and sign up for the app using an email account. Younger users have the ability to sign up using their smartphone and a parent's email address. From there, users can begin to interact and engage with other users of the app. Small Player Big Play app also gives users the ability to live stream full games and events. You can live stream your event so that friends, family, or anyone in the world can see you in action. Users can also share posts from the app to their other social media accounts like Facebook and Twitter. What are you waiting for? Get in the game and share your love of sports with the world. Download the Small Player Big Play app today. to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting across from me is my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, uh, good to be here. Hard to believe it's November, except for the fact that it was dark super early today. Yeah, it's amazing how that happens uh, as the months continue to tick along, and then we get to, uh, well, the daylight end of daylight saving time, and uh, we have to fall back, and, well... Here we are, it's 4 yeah. o'clock, and it's pitch blackout. <laughs> yeah. Not yet. Soon, though. I know right, right. by like my birthday, well, it's like, well, see, it's bad. Right, and that's the thing that I was thinking of, was it's not that, like, it was dark early today, but we still have a month and a half, almost two months, of where it's going to get darker even earlier. Yeah. So, yeah. But um, we are not here. Well, we're here in person, just the two of us. But right, we're being right. joined this evening by someone else. Um, and we're looking forward to talking to him and what I'm calling here kind of our 2020 exit interview as we recap the season that was. Uh, we get to talk to head coach Doug Doms once again, and we're going to talk about ju not just the Manheim Central game, but kind of everything, especially the way the, uh, the last month of this season went. And uh, we're going to bring him in right now. So, uh, Coach Doms, uh, thank you once again for uh, for joining us. Good to be here. All right. Well, we have a lot of questions to ask you here uh, this evening, but we appreciate you taking the time. And uh, Justin, you know, I'm going to put you on the spot right away. Do you want to start with the game that just was, or you want to throw a few other questions at Coach first? I'm going to start with the game that just was. Okay, sure. So Wilson went to Manheim to take on Manheim Central. On Friday, or excuse me, it was supposed to be Friday evening. It got moved to Saturday uh, with a noon kickoff, which, uh, you know, whenever schedules get changed, it, it's it's an issue. But from a personal perspective, I love photographing during the day. So I was very appreciative of the, uh, the, the mid, uh, you know, like the noon kickoff. That was very, very good for me. So that was great. But I know throwing schedules off is always an issue. But Wilson went to Mannheim and came away with a victory, 41-20. to and, man, things certainly were going the Bulldogs' way in the first quarter. I believe scoring on, was it three, three, three plays? Yeah, first, first of their three plays, they scored a touchdown on each of them, which is so, incredible. Pretty impressive. But, um, Coach, what was the uh, reasoning behind the delay of the game from Friday to Saturday? What was the uh, reason for that? Well, Manheim Central had a, uh, a COVID scare. And so they were out of school on Tuesday and Wednesday uh, and came back. Well, I guess Wednesday, they're always out of school. It's like a, uh, a uh, 
the virtual setting. Yeah, but they were out on Tuesday and Wednesday, and they felt that they needed to get uh, at least a full practice day in on Thursday and then a walkthrough Friday for, so they could play on Saturday. What's kind of interesting, we were originally scheduled for 10 o'clock on Saturday morning, but uh, their band said, no, we have the field and you can't have it. So <laughs> we got to push, yeah. push back the noon. Yeah, well, Coop ought to like that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when we arrived, they were doing the band recognition. Right, so right. Uh, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Now, um, got to kick the game off at, at noon and – there, there's a lot of stuff that had happened in the week leading up to this game that we're going to talk about in a little bit. But what was it like this week, just keeping the team focused and motivated after all the the drama that happened over the previous, you know, ten days or so? Was it a difficult thing to do? Um, and how were the seniors reacting? The, I didn't know how they were going to react because it's been a long time since we were playing a game that really didn't mean anything other than, I mean, it didn't count towards the league championship. All it was was a win or a loss. And with the the double letdown that happened that this week, uh, I was a little concerned how they were going to react. So we really played up, you know, this is your last game. You know it's your last game. Uh, it's the last opportunity you're going to have to play uh, next to your friends, guys that you've been playing with for many, many years. And uh, let's play it with class and let's, you know, put an exclamation point on your season. And I thought, you know, we came out and that's what we did early on, but then we got a little complacent, you know, halfway through, you know, after it was so easy to score and everything and left them back into it for a little while. But I don't know if the kids were ever nervous, you know. Right. <laughs> they just I, I, knew they were when they well, had to. It was interesting. Um, that actually came up in a conversation I had with someone uh, before about how um, they felt that, that the Wilson kids really did like, and not just in this game, but in, in other moments have had that, you know what? I, I think they, they have that confidence that, the, that they're going to win. Um, and like, sometimes that that's really helpful. Um, other times it can, you know, we, we sometimes talk about the starts that we have, especially when we go like to McCaskey or something like that, like that, that can be, that that knowledge or that feeling of confidence that you're going to win can can be a double edged sword. It can be great, but it can also be, um, you know, you have to fight that complacency sometimes. Yeah, it's hard to keep the pedal to the metal, you know, in games like that. And you know, in a game, we stressed all week. Let's have fun. You know, practice was a lot lighter in terms of uh, there wasn't as much yelling, or you know, it was we we set up drills that were a little bit more fun and uh, still got the job done. But, you know, it's, you can't, it's hard to push, push, push when you know it doesn't really count for anything. Oh, for sure. Definitely. So what, what is your take on the, um, what happened with Mannheim Central this year? Was this something that they, you think they would have anticipated going to the year, having such a, a down year for them, you know, Wilson and Mannheim Central are the, the two darlings of the Lancaster Lebanon League with um, what over I think 53 or more combined section championships. And, you know, Wilson's just finishing off what 57 straight non-losing seasons, 45 straight winning seasons. Manheim Central have been in the same boat. Um, they hadn't missed the playoffs since 1991. Hadn't lost, you know, back-to-back games or three in a row, four in a row since the seventies. Um, is this something that caught them by surprise? And what do you take away from it? Um, coaching at Wilson? I think that it was one of those years where they weren't overly talented. You know, typically they have a stud somewhere, a stud quarterback, a stud running back, a stud receiver, you know, and, you know, they had a lot of nice football players, but they didn't have that outstanding football player. And they, they were a little bit young at some positions and a little undersized at some positions. And it was one of those years you know, when you're at the top, you know, every year like they are, like we are, you know, if you're going to have a down year, boy, the Sharks are going to start circling. When and they smell blood, they're going for it. So uh, they'll be back. I'm not concerned about that. You know, they have tradition on their side and everything else. But, you know, I'm sure it was a rough year. I mean, in, in the game, when we went out and scored in the first three plays, you know, that we had the ball, you could hear their stands because it was pretty quiet. 
you know, starting to yell at their coaches. So uh, it doesn't take long for the, you know, the worm to turn. <laughs> no, that doesn't. Uh, that it doesn't for sure. That and you you bring it up. It, it, this is all related to um playing during a pandemic. The limited amount of people in the stadium. Justin and I noticed a lot this year that we felt we could hear coaches being very animated, opposing coaches being very animated often, more often than we were used to. And we couldn't, we weren't sure if we could chalk that up to just the limited crowd noise or if coaches are a little bit more uh, vocal than in years past. We, we noticed it a lot with Cedar Crest, but definitely in the first half against Mannheim Central, their coaches were riding the refs repeatedly. Yeah, it wasn't just, it wasn't just from the sideline either. I can tell you that was coming from the stands too. Oh my gosh, it was, yeah. Um, and I, I, some of it's probably been, some of it was probably cut on, caught on the huddle tape too, because like during the play, people were just screaming stuff that, um, yeah, you, you wouldn't really want to be caught on tape yelling. So I don't, I always turn the volume off when I watch. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a good idea. Um, but we've, we noticed with, um, I mean, you can t see it on the stat sheet that over the last, uh, two weeks i think wilson was penalized a, a lot and we we heard some people mention that it, it could that be due to the opposing coaches being very much in the ear of the refs that we definitely saw that uh on saturday at man i'm central or someone also mentioned that there are young and inexperienced uh refs this year because of the the referee shorter that's going on not just in the ll but around the state what what do you chalk up to the the increase in penalties uh this season well you know some of those penalties were brought on by our own players uh, a lot of times when you get a holding call it's because the back hits outside of the hole and then the player starts to turn, you know, the, your lineman's trying to turn him, let's say block him to the outside and the back hits outside. And then when the guy starts to turn, your lineman ends up holding. So some of those holding calls are the fault of the backs. Although every time when you're in a game, when one team has a preponderance of holding calls and the other team doesn't, uh, it usually means that those coaches are working or uh, working the refs a little bit better. Or uh, who knows? Yeah. I know we had relatively inexperienced uh, officiating crews the last two games, and I think they probably have a tendency to make some calls that aren't necessarily the right call or aren't consistent. Yeah, well, we saw that horse collar last week uh, was an interesting call, and I know there was a couple holding calls yesterday. Um, but like you said, some of those were brought on by our own players. It's not it make excuses. It just seemed that there was a lot um, of head-scratching decisions um, by the referees the last few weeks. Again, it didn't come back to, to harm Wilson uh, in, in the win column, but it's just something that I know a lot of people have been asking me about. So figured uh, get your take on that while we have you here. Uh, so... Caleb Brown uh, really opened it up the last few weeks, setting setting a record last week against Hempfield and then breaking it this week. Is that something uh, coming into the season um, that was anticipated of Caleb um, being such a mobile quarterback that he had the potential to um, have huge games like that? Or was it really a matchup thing over the last couple of weeks that you were able to unleash him uh, and his speed at, at the position? Well, if you remember, he got hurt in Governor Mifflin game and missed the game and then came back. So we were a little hesitant to run him a whole lot initially. Uh, but as he got uh, healthier, uh, we started running him more. Uh, those Most of those runs are, you know, he has the option of handing it off or keeping it depending on the, who we're reading and what that person does. Uh, but his speed obviously is uh, something other teams had to, you know, account for. And without – the the threat of a without a deep threat you know from pass receiver we knew we were going to have to run him more than we typically would well he was certainly able to take advantage of his opportunities yeah. uh rushing for nearly 450 yards over the last two weeks and like i said set the record as uh for rushing as a quarterback last week and broke it with, I think, what do you have? 243 yards, I believe yesterday. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he was a, a huge, uh, huge player for Wilson down the stretch. It was nice to see him healthy. 
but another guy that we got to see maybe a little bit more of yesterday, got to see him on offense was uh, was sophomore Cameron Jones. Um, mm. And we, we saw him. Well, honestly, we didn't see much of him or heard much about him on defense because he was playing so well that people weren't really throwing towards him or testing him. And when they did try to test him, uh, well, he, he met the challenge and uh, opposing quarterbacks kind of stayed away from him. But his athleticism is, is hard to ignore. Uh, so it was nice to see him on offense yesterday. Is that something um, that could be more prevalent as we move into 2021? Cam Jones working both ways? Yeah, he'll be playing on both sides of the ball next year. I mean, uh, this year we kind of, with all the injuries we had to running backs, he was kind of forced into uh, playing a little bit of running back for us and uh, and also some return work because of Troy's injury and Mason's injury. But uh, he's, a, he's a special talent, uh, very calm, under sees the field. And, yeah, he's going to be uh, – uh, as, as Coach Palm said, a utility knife for us. You know, he could play a little quarterback. He could play a little wide receiver. Could play a little running back. Um, we'll see. Yeah, so he's a slash type player who, uh, like you said, he got to be the return guy yesterday with injuries to uh, to Troy and not wanting to overuse him. And he promptly had two punt return touchdowns, both of which were called back. But still, <laughs> obviously, the... the the, the electricity was certainly flowing, and he has a, a field vision that certainly will be exciting to see next year, uh, and it'll be great to have him back at, at defensive back. Um, Justin, you have anything else to ask about Manheim Central Game 7? So Wilson finishes 6-1, and one, um, which is a, a great season by all standards, undefeated in section play, outright first outright championship since 2016. Um Absolutely stupendous, but I know the focus from everyone, the coaches and the players especially, uh, was on the playoffs. And <laughs> I don't even know where really to start there because it, there's two facets to it. Last weekend, it was all about numbers. And right before we did this show a week ago is when we found out that Harrisburg will be playing State College on Monday, getting them to a fourth game. So... What was going through your mind or the coaches in the team as Harrisburg was making this push to become eligible? Uh, you know, what were you talking about with with the team, and what did you have any discussions with District Three about things that happened the final you know two weeks of the season? Well, as Harrisburg was seeking another game, we realized that if they got a game that we were going to be left out. So we went out and started looking to play another game on the same Monday that Harrisburg played, figuring if we could find a team that, you know, had a pretty good record and play them and beat them, that we would, that would put us ahead of both the York schools. And so we pretty much had East Pensboro lined up. Uh, we were both, we were, we were going to call each other Saturday morning uh, just to confirm and District 3 called uh, Drew and said that we could play that Monday, but it wouldn't count towards the power ratings. So that kind of uh, took any control we had over the playoffs out of our hands. Um, <laughs> Did they give you any reason why it was okay for one school to try to cram in as many games as possible, but it, wouldn't, it wasn't okay for someone else to do it? Well, basically, they said they because they didn't have their four games, they were allowed to do that. But we were uh, just doing it to increase our power rating, which is what we were trying to do, no doubt about it. But, you know, I don't know why it's any different uh, because Harrisburg was trying to do it just to make playoffs also. Right. Yeah, I, that's where the confusion comes up, I think, with everyone at, at Wilson, the, the, the community and the fans are wondering the same thing. Why was it okay for one school to do it, but not another. And I don't think anyone ever said that Wilson wasn't doing it for power ratings. That's absolutely what it was. And this was a unique year. It's not something that you could do in a regular year. You can't add an 11th game before a power rating. So the argument always seemed to kind of a little weird that this has been happening in the past and they wanted to shut, slam the door on it. Uh, yeah. I don't quite understand their reasoning. We We got into it a little bit last week too about how, it seemed like they were picking and choosing 
how they were going to be upset about quote unquote manipulating power rankings. Um, because in other sections, teams outright manipulated power rankings by refusing to play, right? By sk- scheduling, co- you know, decisions, and they just kind of let that go. Yeah. So, so uh, it's frustrating. Uh, yeah. I had, a long, I had a long talk with D three reps and said that you power rankings don't work when you don't play outside your league. Right. Right. Mannheim, excuse me. Uh, both York teams, the York league said they weren't allowed to play outside their league. So that takes care of power rankings. Cause, and then they didn't play each other or we would have been in. Yeah. I, right. I think that's the other thing. And, and that's all related to this being such a, a, a weird year and, and things being truncated and changed. But when you have what was supposed to be the four teams in the playoffs, both of them should have played each other. You know, central York and William Penn should have played each other. Harrisburg and central Dolphin should have played each other in a regular year. That would have been required as division foes, but so there's just so many things. We would have been in. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, without a doubt. Um, But obviously, that that didn't happen. Everyone disappointed about it. There wasn't anything that could be done. Then the um, district three meeting happens on Tuesday. They unveil the final power ratings and the bracket, and Wilson's obviously not in, but just. Two to three hours later, it's made known that Harrisburg is unfortunately suffering from a COVID case and they need to be pulled. And I knew right away what was going to happen. Nothing was going to happen. William Penn was going to advance because that is exactly what District 3 said they would do just a few hours earlier. Of course, there was an opportunity there because of the the odd circumstances surrounding the the power ratings and teams becoming qualified just a day before um, for them to change things and maybe in some people's eyes make things right. Um, But that was to no avail. Did you hold out any hope at any point when you heard about Harrisburg um, that they would, they would uh, shift Wilson into the playoffs or was that something you knew wasn't a possibility? Well, We certainly hoped because it's my understanding that they found out uh, just uh, very brief. It wasn't two to three hours. I think it was uh, like an hour and 15 minutes or something after the meeting had ended. And they uh, they reconvened and had another 45-minute discussion over whether or not to add us. And uh, they decided not to. (laughs) And I can understand you got to set a time and everything. Right. you know, the, the, the crazy part about that is we spent all weekend planning for Central Dolphin because Harrisburg didn't have a game and said they weren't going to get one. And don't, they don't get one till Sunday night at 530. So York spent all weekend planning for York Central or Central York. We spent all weekend planning for Central Dolphin. So it wasn't like we weren't game planned for the other team. Uh, and then, you know. I, I, you know, we, we tried to make our point, listen, COVID, you talk about being flexible, you talk about bending, you know, you have to be flexible and let's do what's best for the kids. And, you know, obviously having three teams instead of four, leaving the team at home, uh, that, that wasn't best for the whole situation. Yeah, we saw some people, um, media members talking about how, Probably, probably the what? What was it, Justin? Sixth or seventh best team in six yeah. A in District Three was now given a free pass to the uh, the, the the district championship game. Um, yeah, it's just it's that kind of stuff that makes the uh, the season really weird. Uh, and you see other elsewhere in District Three, like in I believe four A, where Bishop McDevitt's ranked in the state undefeated, and they didn't even make the playoffs. So, yeah, just a weird year all around, but. Uh, what was happening 6A definitely caught a lot of people's attention. And I've, you know, Justin and I have been doing um, high school football stuff on online for a few years now. And I've never seen the internet, which is known for polarizing positions and, you know, and 50, people, 50 people being contrarian just for the sake of being contrarian. Is not a single person anywhere across all of social media said anything but they should put Wilson in. Mm-hmm. And of course, 
that's not what which they did. leads you to exactly how we all knew how this we all knew end. yeah we all knew what would happen and but i i do understand i understand their point of view saying there has to be a cutoff there has to be a time because if you make this exception now what's the difference if it happens 12 right. hours 24 hours some other yes. team is going to say well but but us why can't right. you change it why can't you make an exception so i get that but it is a little tough though when they just finished the meeting you know, where they're explaining why it was okay to offer flexibility in scheduling to one team, but not to another, you know, like I know it's not the same issue, but it just, it seemed like there's a lot of, and this is not just related to the Wilson Harrisburg things, but it's a lot of, it's okay when it's happening in this scenario, but not in this scenario. And again, there were multiple issues across multiple classes of football this year. And I get well, a, a lot of those were just, because of the crazy year and and that that's tough flexibility that's what they kept saying we yes. gotta be flexible schedule reschedule anytime you want to do it and then you know right it, i don't know i just thought it wasn't very fair which which on a separate note joey and i have brought this up a couple of times like we were stunned to find out that there is no rule in like the piaa handbook apparently about playing three games over the course of eight days or something like that. Right. Like right. we, we were, we were blown away of, of all the things they do have rules for that. That is not a rule. We were, we were shocked. Yeah. I mean, uh, Harrisburg played four games in 17 days. And state college was, well, I don't know. I don't know if you can count their last game. Cause that was right. Well, right. That, TV game, a varsity game, yeah. even though they claimed it was a varsity game. Right. That, well, that brings up another thing. And like, I mean, like, cause that was one of the things that, that came out. I think it was actually quoted um, in an article by Mike, Mike Drago on the red and Eagle from, I believe it was Bohannon from Elko who wanted to talk about integrity. And I was just like, how is scheduling a game and basically calling it a glorified scrimmage, not, you know, against the integrity of uh of the game it just caught me off guard that they kind of seemed a little hypocritical or issuing double standards willy-nilly and not really caring right. being very public about it too <laughs> i mean i didn't hold harrisburg i mean if i was in harrisburg shoes i'd have been trying to do the same thing absolutely oh yeah we did. No, justin and i said the same yep, thing yep absolutely and and we were talking about the same thing like it's while it's frustrating you know that the teams didn't get to play their league matchups you know I don't. I can't blame Central York and and William Penn. First of all, they don't. The league sets those schedules, you know, and that's a classic last week game, you know. And they weren't allowed to play non-league games, you know. Central Dolphin couldn't schedule Harrisburg because Harrisburg wasn't having a season when the schedule was made, you know. Like, I, yeah, the the teams, you know, they they're just playing out their role in all of this too. They, everything's being dictated to them as well. So, the interesting part about that is. If we weren't allowed to play outside of our league, we would have been playing Mannheim Township the last week, and we wouldn't have played it. Yeah. And both of us would have been undefeated, and we both would have been in playoffs ahead of both York teams. Right. Yeah. Well, it, it and that's Joey and I talked about that. Not only did LL allow for that, well, essentially two non-league games, right. if you want to count the crossover game as right. a non-league game, right. but they also shifted – the the marquee matchups to make sure they happened well, which in terms of in terms of the league and especially when these things were happening like there was no guarantee that there was going to be district playoffs you know like everybody's like let's just take this one week at a time kind of thing um so i get i absolutely understand doing that and i feel like that was the appropriate way to do it but yeah it kind of came back to bite us there well the, but the way that the ll did it allowed for there to actually be section champions yeah you know, like yeah. without having these weird like york <laughs> central york and william penn right. are there like technically co-champs and they never right. played each right other. we joke we joke about like the three-way ties that happen every now and then you know because the round robin like situations but imagine splitting it because you just didn't play Being each undefeated other. yeah well now I think I think this week the the winner should get to claim it as well. Yeah. Well, the other thing that upset me a little bit was Harrisburg knew Monday night that they had a potential COVID situation before their you know because the kid didn't even actually they knew Saturday and Sunday night because the kid didn't travel with the team to the game and 
you, you would have thought that it, they could have at least notified District 3 that, listen, we have a potential situation we may not be able to play. Well, you know, and they wait until, you know, one thirty to notify everybody. Right. right. That, well, that was another thing that I was kind of throwing out there when this was all happening in a very short period Tuesday afternoon. Harrisburg knew something was up. The school district got the positive back in the morning, if not before, then during the initial District 3 meeting. You think all that outstanding information, they could have been like, because this just happened, we're going to we're gonna change it so that we get a full playoffs. We have the proper amount of teams. We don't have to work with a forfeit. It just seems really odd to draw such a distinct line when they were attempting to be flexible right, for other things. they've been preaching flexibility for <laughs> and, and, weeks. Yeah, so yeah. I don't want to keep harping on it because right, it, over and, it, and nothing's going to change. But, like, it was just kind of – this was our airing of the grievances. <laughs> I thought Harrisburg could have notified them of the potential of it happening because they knew. Right, right. I mean, their superintendent knew Monday morning or Tuesday morning that they weren't going to be playing or that they had the, the – uh, the COVID and they were shutting everything down. Right. Yeah. yeah it, it just, yeah. But and it had to come from the athletic director who's also the head football coach. Yep. Yeah. That's come up a few times as well. <laughs> so, um, so seven games set on the schedule, but district three and PIAA approved of extending the season uh, that you could play up to 10 games as long as you had it done by Thanksgiving weekend, except uh, for the Monday after, after the the set, sixth <laughs> game, they it wouldn't allow that one. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I know. I'm sorry. Let's, we just said to move on, yeah, and then I, so I we're going to get into down. a circle here. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so there's potential to add up to um, a few games after the fact, whether you were in playoffs and lost, or if you just wanted to add a few games, or if you had to reschedule a game. There's part of the flexibility we just were talking about. Did discussions happen to possibly extend the season? Because we know that Wilson is done for the 2020 year. Um, did you and the coaching staff discuss that? Were you talking with um, athletic director Drew Kaufman? Did you broach that subject with the players? How did those discussions uh, go? Well, first we talked about it as a coaching staff. And we said pretty much said we're going to leave it up to the players, uh, especially the seniors. Um, I kind of – you know, we had a lot of guys dinged up at the end of the year, so they probably were thinking, well, they're going to miss another game anyway. And we have quite a few kids that play basketball and several that wrestle. And, you know, our kids have a mindset that, you know, we're playing for a league championship, a district championship, a state championship every year. And with that, after that double punch in the gut, um, I think they just – I mean, some teams just play because they want to play games, but that's – I can't remember the last time the last game of the year, the couple last games of the year didn't mean something in terms of the league or district playoffs. And that's where we would have been. And then who are we going to get to play us? Right. Was the next thing. But yeah, it takes, know, I, I it's, it's of, not just willing to be playing. You have to find somebody who's willing to be and, and able to play you. Right. So I, the kids were, I would say they were, if I said we were going to play, they would have played. Uh, but I don't know how much their heart would have been in it. You know, some probably would have liked to keep playing. Some, you know, just felt that, you know, they were so disappointed and let down. They were, you know, they were just ready for it to end. So, you know, with, with that, you know, without having, you know, a hundred percent of your team on board to go continue forward. And I understood, I told him, listen, it's totally up to you. It doesn't make any difference to me one way or the other. So don't feel like you have to say yes because I, I'm here. And you know I think none of them said no, but you could tell by their reactions that a lot of them just didn't feel like they were into it anymore. You, know, you can only take so much disappointment. And then I I had kind of Joey and I have these conversations literally all the time. But we I, I had said just in when we were kind of guessing what was going to happen uh, just between each other. I said. I don't know. I feel like that that double gut punch, uh, you know, from Sunday into Tuesday, I guess, eventually. Like I was like, that probably just that that roller coaster was probably enough for for some people. So, um, and I think that's pretty much the way the the mindset went. Right. 
and, you know, and you're the, out of it, yeah, you know, once you're out of it. The kids start thinking about winter sports, right? And I don't blame them. You know, it's right. I understand for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in a place where that, like you said, that they're not used to that. Like we, you know, we we talk all the time about how many extra games our kids have gotten to play over the course of three slash four years, depending on when they come up as opposed to most other programs. And it's, it's insane. Yeah. And like I said, it's just, it's a different mindset. Yep. You know, other teams that are playing going, you know, five and five, they're thinking, okay, here's a chance to get a couple more games, maybe get the 500. You know, I know Manheim Township has a full slate. He's trying to get his kids as many games but, you know, they're sitting there with nothing. You know, they weren't going to make the playoffs. They weren't going to win the league. You know, so he just saying, oh, let's get them a couple more games. Right. But our kids' mindset was different, I think. Justin, do you have anything else to ask about um, Man I'm Central the last few weeks, 2020 in general? Um, just in general, like, I, I know this is something we talked about before, but we didn't really get to do some uh, – like the interviews after the games, just trying to keep our distance, like literally yeah, and literally, figuratively, yeah. you know, uh, this year, but the, the way, the way the first game went down, um, you know, it just kind of just beat up for the way they responded and, and rallied to win that game at, at township and then run off, a, you know, an undefeated section in, in league uh, schedule. Like what, just what are your thoughts or what, how would you summarize like how how they responded to that and how guys stepped up? Well, the Mifflin game was one of those that I think if you know if we score right before halftime, you know if you remember we were down on the three yard line. I think if we score right before halftime, that's a whole different football game. But they stop us right before half, and then they come out, and one thing leads to another, and you know uh, we start getting kids hurt and. Uh, it was just a disappointing start, to say the least. And then you go into the Manheim Township game, and you're sitting there with, you know, basically we have four pretty good weapons between, you know, Caleb and Troy and Mason and uh, Jaden, and three of them aren't going to play in the Township game, which for all intents and purposes is the first game of the year in the league, and it's a league championship game. So it was probably one of my better, you know, Thursday night speeches to the kids and better pregame speeches to the kids and better job of getting them to believe that they could win the game because, you know, in their minds, there are a lot of doubt. Um, and, you know, we came out, and like I said, that has to rank up there as one of the better wins in my career because, you know, without all those weapons, and then we go down there and, I mean, give it to, you know, Jaden Jones and, and, uh, and, you know, a brew baker and the kids that stepped in for those guys, um, you know, they did a great job and the, the game, the game played out the way I hoped it would play out. We got, I said, we needed to score early. We needed to get a couple breaks and, you know, we needed to play well and with a lot of energy. And we did all those things. We scored on the first offensive play, uh, Cappy blocked a punt for a touchdown they muffed the punt that we recovered and then put in. So, and uh, we held Ivy to almost nothing until that last play right. with two seconds left or one second left in the game. Yeah. And after so, see him light up Hempfield and Cocalco in back-to-back weeks, yeah. it's uh, absolutely amazing. You mentioned it being one of the better, better um, victories in your coaching career and, and just the incredible preparations from the coaching staff and the kids buying into everything that you all threw at them uh, to win that game on the road too, like it's just that was that it was, was incredible. a very incredible uh, mixture of circumstances uh, to come out on top and most likely, like you said, kind of seal the section championship with that win. You just knew if you took care of business, you were fine because the biggest hurdle you had already cleared. Right. Well, it put it put every our own destiny in our own hands. Yep. You know, which is but the funny part. We kid Coach Wolver about this all the time. Coach Wolver was extremely sick that week, so he wasn't at practice and wasn't at the game. So, you know, had to kind of uh, dust off the old defensive coordinator hat. <laughs> Between Matt Bender and I, you know, we uh, fumbled and bumbled our way through enough to win the game. Yeah. 
Well, it came out in uh, Wilson's favor, so the fumbling and bumbling work. So we'll we'll take it there for <laughs> sure. Um, now uh, I you know don't want to look too far ahead um, so quickly, but twenty twenty one, you're graduating a quarterback again. Uh, you've got a lot of uh, key guys back, but again, you're losing a lot of linemen. You're losing um, a lot of uh, sparks along the defensive line. Uh, what do you see as the biggest obstacle heading into the, you know, the off season, if you can call it that, uh, for the team in 2021? Is it, is it a position? Is it leadership? Is there something that sticks out that you desperately need to find, um, over the next nine months? Somehow we got to get it across. I mean, I think we have a really nice nucleus coming back. We got to get them hungry. We got to get them, uh, with an attitude that they're going to work their butts off because we have some guys that if they could put on 10 or 15 pounds of muscle, we're going to have some good size. We got a couple of nice running backs back in Jones and, uh, and Jaden and, uh, and Goose Leonard, or Gavin Leonard. And then you throw me or you throw uh, Cameron Jones in there. Uh, defensively, we've got uh, almost the entire secondary back. We've got a bunch of linemen back, excuse me, a bunch of linebackers back. We're going to miss Jeff Colson. Uh, but, you know, there's another young kid there that's really quick. He's got to put on another 10 or 15 pounds. So I think defensively we could be pretty tough. Offensively, we've got a lot of time in the replace, but I think we got the pieces there to do that. The biggest piece to replace offensively is obviously going to be Caleb. So um, we'll wait and see how that develops, uh, how the young quarterbacks develop and uh, the battle that goes on there. And, you know, we'll have some size that, I mean, we're cautiously optimistic if we can find a quarterback that, that I mean, our quarterbacks need to mature. Sure. Know? And then there's a handful of them that I guess will be uh, vying for that spot. You got Gannon back and then you have um, Krakona and Donato um, plus any of the um, current freshmen that will be moving up. And uh, like you mentioned, you all could also see Cam Jones taking snap at that position as well. So there's certainly a lot of options and things to consider as uh, you move towards the winter workouts and eventually spring ball. Well, what we need to do is get that, hopefully, and I don't know that it'll shake out by then, but through winter and spring ball uh, and into this early summer, we got to kind of figure out who our quarterback's going to be and get them a lot of reps you know, uh, because they're, you know, going to be a first year starter, but, uh, we're going to have some big kids there next year. And this sophomore class is very talented, especially in terms of, you know, a lot of height and size. So, uh, hopefully, uh, we'll be able to make a run. There's a lot of really talented kids back though. Singleton's back for Mifflin that we have to deal with. Ivy's back at township that we have to deal with. If you look to playoffs, the Pribula kid from central York is, a phenom at quarterback and he's back. Uh, you know, it's not going to be easy. Yeah. Justin uh, and I hope that that's three Penn state recruits that you just mentioned. Yes. Two yes. of them are already with Penn state. We need yeah. one more. And, and quick, quick side note. Um, Pribula and, and that crew from central York definitely turned some heads this weekend. Um, you know, it, it, it's no, it's no, uh, it's not unknown to people that, Okay, as they're running through their league schedule, people, you know, they're getting attention because they're putting up gaudy numbers, but yeah. still, like, okay, okay, but to put 40 on Central Dolphin was interesting. Uh, well, you know what interesting. was interesting about that game is, you know, Central Dolphin fumbled twice inside the 10 going in. Um, and then they have a Hail Mary touchdown pass thrown at the end of the first yeah. half. And, and then they run the second half kickoff back. I mean, that's 28 point right, swing right there. Right, yeah. Boston's offense isn't designed to no. come from behind like that. So, um, I mean, let give Central York their due. They have, I think, five D1 kids, but they're all skill kids. Wow. You know, so I don't know if Privula is going to have that cast around him. Like last year, uh, Caleb had many, many, many more passing yards. I think he threw for 1,400 yards last year. But he also had Brady Gibble and, uh, and Troy Corson was healthy all year. And, you know, he had a, a much better receiving core to go to. Uh, and that's what Privula had this year. He had a lot of really good skill kids. So most of them, I believe, were seniors. So could be a little different next year. 
it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. And last week, Justin and I, um, we posted the uh, future schedules that were coming up only because uh, the the new L.L. Burks schedules came out, which was cool to just see what was going to be happening. And I know that that's two years away. Uh, the only question that Justin and I w- wanted about this, if this is something that came up with you and Drew, uh, was the possibility of when Mifflin would a- appear on those schedules. Uh, if that was something that would be talked about for the middle of the season when all the upper sections in, in the new L.L. Burks um, have their buys or if that was something that would stick to Labor Day weekend, because that's everyone's asking, when are we going to play Mifflin when that happens? I suspect it's not done yet, but I suspect it's going to be week six or weeks. We both have a bye week the same week and week six or week seven. I don't remember which one it was. It's, it's and trying six. to find a, trying to find a game then is very difficult because the team's in their league. So my guess is that it'll be then because it's much easier to find games the first three weeks. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. We, I had mentioned to Jeff Reinert about crossovers, and he said that the LL League wanted nothing to do with mandating crossovers anymore, that a lot of teams within the new 37-team conference would just schedule each other. And Justin had mentioned, well, maybe Mifflin stays earlier in the season and you pick up someone like Exeter, who is also going to be in the same, you know, um, not the same section, but the same league. They would be available, which would allow Mifflin to stay earlier in the year. But figure why not ask someone that might know the discussions a little bit more than us. Just uh, <laughs> just you know, just talk on here. Yeah. <laughs> well, Exeter's bye week isn't the same week as our bye week. OK, well, there you go. So, so if we're looking at Exeter, that would be like if we look at the three. Pre, like we'll have seven league games, well, six league games, and the Mifflin. If you figure Mifflin week six or seven, that still leaves us three we got to pick up at the beginning of the year. So, you know, if Exeter wants to go, we probably would go Central Dolphin, Exeter, and whoever. Someone else. Yeah. Uh, would Springford be back in that conversation possibly That's for week three? Now. I know Central York is open week zero, but I don't know if they'll want to play us week zero. Um, Springford will be back in the in the in the mix, depending on what. But you know, that's two years away, so it's hard right. to say what's going to happen in their league. Right. So um the 2021 schedule, has anything come up about that? Um, just with the, the the idiosyncrasies of this season and things being shifted and canceled, is everyone gonna hold up to the two-year agreements to to finish that two-year cycle? Like is Central Dolphin planning to come to Gursky? I assume Wilson's still going to Mifflin, but I didn't know if any of that had come up in the discussions. Um during the, the weird scheduling this year? Uh, as far as we know, um, everything's going to continue uh, as, as planned. So uh, the only other one that I was, uh, was interested in is if Martin Luther King was going to come to Gursky on, on September 17th, uh, since we didn't get to go there this year, but. Yeah, who knows whether the thing is going and yeah. Yeah. Hard to say. Hard to say. I would think, you know, everybody had two year contracts and I would think they're just going to because everybody's in a two year cycle anyway. So. Right. It would be tough to change it in the middle of it. Right. Yeah. yeah, It would be hard. It's especially for people who are having trouble filling those spots to begin with. I can't imagine it's just all of a sudden going to be easier to fill it for one year. You know, so I think a lot of people will be at the spot they were last year trying to fill those spots. Yeah. Justin. I think uh, hot news flash here. I just got a text that said, "Man, I'm Central canceled the JV game." Oh, okay, okay. Well, thank well, you. Well, me... I appreciate knowing that. Breaking news. Uh, breaking news. No JV game. Yeah, and I don't know that we'll be able to find anybody. I mean, maybe somebody local. I don't know. At nine twenty on, <laughs> on a Sunday yeah, night. Well, you know what? Those those kids they lost the game last week because we canceled because we don't like to play the week of districts, and then uh, right. <laughs> and then we didn't get in the districts anyway. So, I mean, there might be somebody that's out there. I don't know. We'll call around first thing and go from there. So, um, speaking of of last week's game, uh, when Wilson beat Hemfield to uh, clinch the section championship, uh, you got to coach against uh, a former assistant in George Ager. Uh, what did you make of uh, his first season leading Hemfield uh, 
after that team. And Justin always say that Hempfield is a sleeping giant in the LL, and we think George could be the guy that could wake them up. Um, what do you think about his first year with the Black Knights? I think he, he did, you know, a pretty nice job. I mean, you know, you inherit a team and uh, you got to, and then you inherit all the issues with COVID. So trying to get your offense in and your defense in, in a limited schedule, he brought on a, a lot of good coaches. I think a lot of people he's very comf comfortable with that he's no known for many years. And, you know, his connections at F&M helped him there, you know, so he brought in some guys he played with and, uh, you know, I, I think he's doing, a, I think he did a nice job overall. Yeah, I think, they yeah, they, uh, you know, we said it, it's a heck of a year to take over, you know, and yeah. I mean, he was within the, you know, I know he teaches there and he was within the program already. So like he had that going for him, but man, like of all the years to try and, you know, put your mark on the program, not, not necessarily easy, but, um, you know, I said he had his guys ready to go last week and that, yeah, you know, that, that says something because yeah. yeah and they were playing for, you know, a share of the section title. It wasn't like they weren't playing for anything, but you know, they knew they weren't making districts or anything like that, but yeah, it, uh, he, he had them well, ready to go. They played they hard. They got pounded by township the week before, but yeah. Hess had broken his arm and didn't play. And Jimenez, their number one receiver didn't play. So, you know, you go into a game like that without two of your top weapons. I mean, we know how that is. Yes. But, you know, Jordan was trying to, you know, put it all together. So yep. he'll do a good job. He's a good young coach. Absolutely, for sure. So uh, we'll get to see them again next year. Of course, we'll have to go down to Lannisville next year. So Hey, pizza after the game. Man. That's true. Yeah, Justin, we, we've been doing this for so long that we have our food spots at all the away games. So um, we always, you know, we always bring up uh, Millersville and uh, for Penn Manor, we always eat at the Sugar Bowl. Last year, we ate there twice. Yeah, we the ate there pregame and postgame last year. It was, it was wonderful. So. Yeah, but uh, unless, Justin, you have anything else to ask, Coach? I do not. I uh, do not. Well, Coach Doms, we appreciate you joining us again. Uh, we wish we could have talked to you after the games this year. Um, would have had a, a bunch of questions for you, but in uh, the COVID area, we're just trying to keep our distance as best as possible. But we appreciate you joining us uh, on the phone this evening, and um, we want to congratulate you on another successful season, uh, yet another uh, section championship uh, and continuing the streak that Wilson is so fond of. And uh, obviously you can probably tell that Justin and I, and many of our listeners are very anxious uh, for what lies ahead in 2021. Well, I want to thank you guys for all you do for Wilson football. You know, you give us a lot of uh, good PR and uh, you're always there when we need something and uh, thank our fans, even though, uh, they were very limited this year. I know everybody I talked to watched it when it was being streamed. So uh, it'll be interesting to get back to the, the social event that a Friday night football game is next year. Yeah, that would be yeah. great. Amen to that. That's, <laughs> I, hope, I hope that's the case. We very much look forward to uh, pack stands at Gursky and a traveling contingent around uh, Lancaster, Lebanon, and Burks next year. So thanks again, Coach Doms. Uh, best of luck with uh, indoor track, and, uh, and we hope you get a spring track and field season this mm -hmm. year. <laughs> hope so all right thank you thanks have a good night all right we'll see ya see ya all right so we appreciate coach doms taking time to chat with us here on the season finale of the bulldog hour we only got the 13 episodes this year but again in, in a year like this with the, everyone's backs up against the wall and just hoping the team and players got to a to take the field uh we'll take it so 13 episodes down. Uh, this will be it for us unless something crazy would come up that we have to talk about it. You will probably won't hear from us again until usually the end of February is when we'll do the season seven premiere uh, a couple weeks after the Super Bowl and we'll get things going with a little winter update, but you're going to not hear from us for a few months. Although if you do want to continue to hear Justin and I talk about other things, we will be back on the Joe Mays and J-Raff show, which is our regular show that we normally do on Sunday evenings outside of Wilson football season. And we mostly talk about professional football, a little bit of college football, and from time to time, maybe 
hockey, basketball, or baseball. Yeah, but I we're don't still know. honestly, I don't know that I want to talk about any of those I, right now. We're still we're still mostly football guys. So um, I, I will be back on that show two weeks from tonight, November fifteenth. We'll be back. So if you do want to hear us, you know, if you like Sunday evenings with Joe and Justin, do give us a listen. Um, especially if you're an Eagles fan and you want to hear Justin self destruct about. Uh, about the Philadelphia football team. <laughs> hey, the Eagles. We have a name. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. For how long? For how long? So uh, we didn't get to do our housekeeping at the beginning, so I do want to run through that really quickly. I want to make sure that we thank our sponsors, May Sandwich Shop and Small Player Big Play. Definitely check out the um, the streaming app for youth sports, Small Player Big Play. It's available on the Apple and Google uh, app stores, the Android app store. Uh, they've been broadcasting a bunch of stuff, so you definitely should have that on your phone. It's such a great app to have. And we appreciate the donations we've received from our two anonymous donors. And hopefully I covered the questions uh, that they all wanted me to ask this evening. There are a few ways that you can help us besides the sponsorships, advertising, and donations. Please visit BulldogHour.com, our website, and uh, spread the word. Yeah, like and share. That's the best way. Uh, again, we don't know when the next live show will be, so we're going to skip through that slide, but it will probably be in about three to four months. Sometime uh, in February is our best guess for that. So um, I didn't make a new slide for it, but I will mention the player of the game for Manheim Central. Now, back-to-back weeks for him has to be senior quarterback Caleb Brown. Yeah, we kind of referenced it in, in the discussion with Coach Doms, but the break the quarterback rushing record for a game one week and then to shatter it the next week. Uh, pretty good. Yeah. We didn't talk about the game stats or the individual stats, but Caleb had 21 rushes for 243 yards and two touchdowns along of 80. He averaged 11.6 per carry. That's with 21 carries, which is impressive in its own right. But he also was 17 of 23 right. passing for 155 yards and three touchdowns. One of them going for 41 yards, which was a beautifully thrown ball to a wide open Troy Corson, who I'm very happy for Troy that he got to play in this game. Yeah. It had been in doubt. He didn't play defensively or return kicks, but he ended up having six catches for for 69 yards and a score. Um, he uh, Caleb also connected with TJ Flight and Gavin Leonard on passing touchdowns. Uh, we also do want to make sure we send our well wishes to Corey Powers, the, the senior tight end outside linebacker and someone who got to make one of the um, best plays of the season last week at Hempfield. Um, the Austin play, which is kind of Wilson's Philly special as it came came about, throwing the, the, uh, the pass to kind of give Wilson some distance against Hemfield. Um, Corey suffered an injury yesterday. We just want to make sure that, uh, you know, let him know that we're, we're thinking of him and we're hoping, hoping for the best. Yeah. But I think that about covers it. We're going to wrap up here with our final thing is a word from our sponsor, small, small player, big play. Small Player Big Play app, the all-sports social media app for young athletes. Live stream events for your friends and family who can't be there. At home or at work, they can watch your streaming on their phones or on TV by using a mirroring device or AirPlay 2. Download the app from the App Store or Google Play and create an account using a valid email address. That's it. Now you can find friends, join groups, or make new ones. You can upload and watch your own content for free. Watch YouTube uploads for free. Even more streaming options are available with our subscription plans and in-app purchases. Download the app and start sharing with the world your passion for sports today. All right, so that is a wrap on episode 13 of the Bulldog Hour 6th season and it also is the last you'll hear from us on this show in 2020 so for justin i just want to thank everyone who supports the show not just our sponsors but everyone all the parents and fans out there that tell us that they watch the show uh, we really appreciate it we, you know we do it for the program and for the players we're very disappointed that we did not get to talk to any of them after the games this year uh, obviously it was not by choice by anyone it's right. just the way things worked out this season but we hope that we can be back full force 
next year with season seven and the 2021 football season. And we'll keep you updated about the team as often as we can. Absolutely. So again, if you'd like to hear from us more over the coming months before uh, the Bulldog Hour starts up again, do check out jmnjrradio.com or search for the Joe Mays and JRAF show. And you can uh, watch or listen to us there. Talk about professional sports, mostly the NFL. <laughs> yeah. so. All right, Justin, anything else to say before we get out of here? No, it's, um, well, well, the year didn't necessarily end exactly how we would have, we would have hoped, you know, not necessarily with the game itself, but, um, which is kind of the situations, um, you know, the way they bounced back after that opening loss, um, they have a lot to be proud about this year, proud of, I guess this year. And, uh, so, you know, it, it was great. It was great to see this team kind of come along and, and be successful. Oh, 100%. Completely agree with everything you said. While a hugely successful season. Yeah. Six and one. and Outright section champs. Outright section champs, huge. And they're they only get a flag. Lost. They get a flag. Right. After. That's right. I already got it up on bulldogair.com. I already, already sent out that picture. I know Barry was already working on getting it ordered. So uh, they're going to have to add a few more flag staff soon, which is great. Absolutely incredible. And, um, you know, appreciate all the hard work and dedication from the coaches, uh, from the school, and obviously from the players and the parents and parents organization, everything that they do for the team all around. It just makes for a successful program. And that it, the most important part of that is that it, it leaves a legacy with the kids. You know, so many kids from every team. I mean, I talked to kids that, that I started coaching back in 2009. Uh, one of them coaches with me now. Actually, a couple of them have been back coaching with us now. And I hear from them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram all the time. So it's a, it's one big uh, family affair. So hopefully everyone, everyone enjoys. And uh, Justin and I will be around to do this uh, in the future. And we're looking forward to it. But I think that's about it. So we're going to sign off for 2020 and end the Bulldog Hour 6 season. But just remember, until we're back, go, go Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.